do I have to find about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, I can respond. Are you kidding me? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and on this episode of Network and Spill, we're doing another hashtag Stranger Danger. I love, 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 love this segment because it is so much fun. I've been looking forward to this for a while and I found another wonderful guest who I do not know. Um, she's on here. I believe she's on the East Coast near me, actually, which makes it even more juicy. Um, and so we're going to dive in to the conversation. I'm going to ask her some questions. And I want you guys to really see how fun this can be and how having interest in other people is part of what makes the conversation go forward and what keeps the momentum alive. And even though it can be kind of awkward in the beginning, it's always fun to ask the questions and listen and hear the stories because you really never know who you're going to meet and who you're going to run into, right? So with that said, I'm actually going to have her introduce herself. What I will tell you is her name is Catherine Miller. Um, I don't know much else besides that. I, I will tell you I chose her because one, I love her social media page on IG, which I will put in the show notes for you guys to check out. Um, two, she has a yoga nidra sleep guide on her page, which for some reason is like something I've been fixating on. I don't even know what it is, but um, that's why I chose her. I just, I really loved her vibe. Her pictures are fantastic. And um, she just seems like an all around cool person. So Catherine, please introduce yourself. Thank you. That was a wonderful intro. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Catherine Miller, and uh, I am on the East Coast. Um, I am a um, wellness, I'm in the wellness field. Um, so by day, I work as a wellness program manager for a local government on the East Coast, helping to coordinate programming um, for employees. And in all of my other time, I am in the wellness field in a different capacity. I like to consider myself um, a healer and a guide for people. Um, so I have a background in nutrition as well as Reiki and yoga. And I like to utilize all of those, uh, different components of all of those to help others. Um, sometimes uh, through uh, Divine Sleep Yoga Nidra, which I know we'll get into a little bit later, um, also in health coaching, and um, just really helping to, um, my real intent is really to kind of help guide people and kind of bring them more so to um, more of a place of, I would say, kind of that calm, compassionate, loving energy that I think sometimes is missed in our the Western lifestyle and in our day to day. Awesome. Awesome. So it's great. So you have sort of this dualistic thing that you do, which I'm all for. Um, so I actually had this realization just now that I've had so many people on the show who are healers in some capacity. I've had an acupuncturist, I've had a tarot card reader and a really great yoga instructor. I had a fitness instructor recently on the show. I just recently last week had um, a self-love coach on the show. So I'm working with people, as you guys can probably tell now, who are spiritual in some way, are healing in some way, are doing work that helps others feel and live better. And I think that's so cool. And so for those of you out there, maybe you're looking for people who are spiritual or who are healers or who are into yoga or into music or into real estate or whatever. Um, you know, you can find a lot of people. It's a, most of these fields and areas are super dynamic and you can find people within that group or within that niche and, and find really incredible folks. So the point of that was to say, I've definitely got my niche of people and it's awesome and I'm loving it. And it's so cool how everybody is super unique in what they do. So awesome. Thank you for that. Now I am curious where you sort of reside, where you grew up and how you kind of got into the, I guess the health space, the wellness space, what really pushed you in that direction and like made you stay there? Sure. So, so I am on the East coast in DC. 
Um, I was raised, for the most part, in Northern Virginia. Um, spent a little bit of time in North Carolina. Uh, my parents were military, so we were down there briefly and um, went to school in New Hampshire. So kind of stayed up along the East Coast. Um, but honestly, my own work in the wellness space and in the healing world actually came from my own experience. Um, there were a lot of different points throughout my childhood and teenage years where I was ill or injured in varying capacities. And so it, it kind of happened by accident. Um, as a child, a lot of things made me sick when I would eat them. Um, so that kind of, I guess, weaved my way into nutrition. Um, around age 10, I stopped. I made the decision to become a vegetarian. Well, a vegetarian, but it was more so pescatarian um, because I was so young. And my mom did it with me. She was really supportive of all of this. So that really kind of helped to expand, open up just food outside of what I traditionally had had growing up. Um, but I also was a dancer growing up. Uh, I did ballet, jazz, and tap, which I loved. I did it from age two, and it was, it was pretty much my entire world until I injured both of my hips in high school and had to have hip surgeries um, due to a, a ligament condition. And so after the second surgery, my mom <laughs> said, you should probably stop. Um, just because it was causing so much pain and it was, um, you know, just a, it became actually very stressful to kind of lose that first love that I had had. Um, and through that, I think I, I started to pursue music more, but there was still a part of me that kind of felt um, like something was missing. And um, so after the, after the second hip surgery, then I also injured my, one of my shoulders um, with the similar ligament condition and so that actually um I didn't have surgery because they thought I would have to keep um having surgery on my shoulder so I went to physical therapy that made it worse and then somebody recommended I try acupuncture so that was kind of my first real experience with eastern medicine and kind of how eastern medicine looks at the body which I began to find very fascinating um and, at, you know, at first, for anyone who's done acupuncture or a little hesitant about it, the first time I had it, you know, I really wasn't sure what was going to happen, you know, how needles would somehow begin to heal my body. But my acupuncturist told me, I could do this for about two months and then you'll be better. And that was over 12 years ago. Uh, yeah, it was over 12 years ago and my shoulder's been fine ever since. So I would say those were, those kind of set me up um to for doing what I did now um but there were still more things that happened <laughs> um I I also had um had to have jaw surgery right before college started which was really fun um and again I was able to use food and nutrition to help heal my body to help heal a lot of the swelling and help um the healing of my bones um, so that when I did go back and see my surgeons, you know, they were, they were fascinated that somebody could kind of heal so quickly. And then um, about five, it'll be five years ago, in a couple of days, I had um, brain surgery to remove a brain tumor. It was a non-malignant non brain tumor, but it was affecting my speech. And um, I would kind of say that like this was where a lot of the things that I practiced or were starting to practice were all coming together. Um, it, it was a very traumatic time because it all happened so quickly. I had had a feeling for a long time that I did have a brain tumor actually um, because I kept having headaches in the same spot in my head and they, but they started to be, to become more frequent and um, the, the surgery itself was a success and um, it was also really a time that really uh, kind of uh, it forced me to rely on my faith um, but still the healing process I was able again to use food um, to help ease my my inflammation and my healing process I consumed a lot of Indian food with a lot of turmeric 
Um, but then there was still that emotional piece to it all that really took the, the most time to kind of heal. Um, right before this, I had also finished my yoga teacher training. So I was able to incorporate a lot of movement and breath work so that during a time that was probably the most stressful, it was there was a little bit more ease to the situation. And it was also the first time that I used Reiki. It was my first Reiki experience to help with um, some lingering, just something that lingered that wasn't going to be able to go away or be removed through pain medication. So it was, looking back, you know, when they talk about how life unfolds in a particular way and there was really no plan to it all but looking back at all the little pieces and how they all fell together it was you know definitely I would say somebody was kind of saw what that plan was going to be and it it really makes sense how everything aligned to today wow that is incredible that's incredible. And I, I love how you were able to use so many different things to help you. It wasn't just one thing or, you know, you didn't just hone in on one. You really did try a lot of different healing, um, I guess, modalities, I guess you call them, between the acupuncture mm-hmm. and the physical therapy and, um, you know, food and, and then Reiki and then yoga and breath work. I mean, that's, that's an incredible. Yeah, it was, um, it was also one of those where, you know, really figuring out, okay, kind of, I think a lot of times we talk about where are you today, right? Like, what can you do today? Because especially when you're healing after surgeries, it's a trauma to your body, right? Anytime you kind of undergo something, there is a form of that it is a, a trauma to your body and it wants to heal itself. So I was also dealing with the fact that I didn't have as much energy as I might have wanted to. So it was also being very cognizant of where I was today. I remember especially after, you know, my hip surgeries, I couldn't really walk. I like I had to physically maneuver my leg off the bed or uh, you know, I remember after I know at least one of the surgeries, one of my brothers had to carry me up the stairs. So being able to say, okay, this is where I am today. This is what I have the energy to do. After my brain tumor surgery, um, my mom put me on a really kind of rigid schedule to help me get start to get back into normal uh, into a normal schedule. But sometimes I would only have the energy to do about ten minutes of yoga a day, and half of that was just getting onto my hands and knees in table position and doing cat cow. And sometimes that would be all I could do. But I knew that I needed to do some type of movement. Um, I also did a lot of reading and play the piano because music therapy can also be, you know, is also very healing. But that was kind of all I had the energy to do besides sleeping and eating. Um, But it was, again, also just that recognizing, okay, here's where I'm today. Here's what I have the energy to do, but I know that it can help my body. It It can help just provide a little bit of healing and try to get it back into the sense of normalcy or this new normal of where I am today after this, this event occurred in my life. Yeah. And that makes absolute sense. And I think that is definitely one thing that yoga teaches you is, you know, even without, you know, trauma and surgery and illness, you know, one day your body is cool with doing one pose and other days it's like, I'll pass. Mm -hmm. And you have to be okay with that and not beating yourself up and saying, oh, well, so-and-so is going into crow pose right now, which by the way, guys, if you're not familiar with crow pose, it is a beast. And it is one of the most, (laughs) (laughs) it's one of the most mentally like screw with you poses, in my opinion, that there is, because it's a pose that if you go to a vinyasa flow, like you will see it. And I had so many classes where I was pushing for it and pushing for it. And I got to a point where I could actually lift myself off or, you know, you do one leg at a time and it's a challenging Mm -hmm. pose. But I think when you look at life, there are a lot of things that are going to come that are challenging. And some days you've got that strength to sort of push through and persevere. And some days you don't. And that's when you have to rely on, you know, someone else or something else to sort of help get you to the other side. Yes. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And I think especially in doing that with compassion for yourself. Um, I know, I know for me, I mean, one, I second everything you just said about curl clothes. <laughs> um, but I know for me, especially after, again, with my last surgery, I just completed my yoga teacher training. So I was kind of on this, you know, oh, I'm a new teacher. I have all these skills. I want to do all these things. And then the surgery kind of put a halt to all of that, where I almost, I didn't start teaching to almost a year after I had completed my program. Again, because of more than anything, it was my, I was adjusting to how my brain was following the surgery and some of the medication I was on because it was causing these focal seizures. So I couldn't remember a lot of things. Um, but also just for me going back into normal life after going through all of that, you know, being on an operating table with your, your skull open. And that was a lot. And so then for me to, 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 ch ch I would, I would, you know, I think at first try to myself like, Oh no, I can do this. And then just recognizing, Nope, I'm not there. And I will eventually, but today and probably the next several months, <laughs> I'm not going to be. Um, so definitely also having compassion for yourself and picking those things um, as we kind of call in the wellness world, like those things out of your toolbox or your toolkit that you can use today that will work for you today. And then, you know, maybe when the time is right, when you're in that right space and time using something else, maybe that challenges you a bit more. That makes perfect sense. And um, I do want to say thank you for sharing that story about your surgeries and your brain tumor and just how you were able to make it through that because it's it's really powerful to share something like that. I had zero clue that that was part of your story, that that was, that was going to come up. I mean, I, it blows my mind that, that that's what you, that was your testimony. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing that because it's, it's powerful. And so the next thing I, I did want to talk about, because we, you mentioned it a second, but um, I do want to talk about the Reiki piece because um, I think most of us know about yoga and the healing. Maybe not all of us know about the healing and, and, the, and the power behind yoga, but we know what yoga is. And a lot of us know what acupuncture is because we've seen it or heard it, um, heard about it. But as far as Reiki goes, I think that's one of the sort of healing modalities or healing practices that doesn't get a ton of, at least in my experience, doesn't get a ton of um, airtime. So can you talk a little bit about how Reiki helped you, what got you into it, and to kind of just give people a little 411 on it? Absolutely. Um, so Reiki, it, it is kind of, it's starting to become a little more mainstream as well as as energetic healing as a whole. Um, but Reiki itself, it's, it's a non-manipulative form of energy healing. It's, I believe, the only kind that is. Um, so if you've ever seen where somebody maybe has their hands over another person, they're not necessarily touching them, uh, that's usually what, uh, at least when I, when I practice Reiki, <laughs> um, that's what it looks like. And so I like to kind of see it as you're more of like the, the conduit of kind of energy flowing to the person. You're not giving it to them or taking it from them, again, because it's not manipulative, but just flowing, allowing energy to flow from the source, whether you call it God or the source, through you to the recipient um, to bring them the best healing that they need. Um, so not necessarily, you know, you don't want to, go in and say, you know, I'm going to fix this, but giving them the healing that they need. And this works on the physical, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual levels. Um, so I've worked on people who, you know, anybody from having, um, maybe they're having difficult pregnancy to, um, so they're dealing with a thyroid condition to a cold to um, depression or anxiety or suicidal ideation. Um, ideation or, um, you know, they're just stressed or they're having difficulty sleeping or they've had a really rough chemo session. I mean, it can really work across the board and, and provide whatever healing it is that they need. Um, mo I've done most of my work on this in the hospital setting, which is why I've had such a broad range of people 
you know, I've also worked on staff members as well as family members and loved ones of, or caregivers of those in the hospital who need it just as much, because that is also a lot of emotion that's going into caring for someone you love and um, you love who is going through such a, a difficult situation. My first experience was, again, after my brain surgery, although they were able to remove the entire tumor, um, I had this heaviness over the site of where my surgery was. It, it literally felt like a heavy cloud, like it was really weighing on me on the left side of my head. And my, my mom did, an, my mom is an incredible just caregiver and has taken care of me after all my surgeries. Um, I'm truly, truly blessed to have her in my life. And she kept in touch with a bunch of people, keeping them up to date on my recovery and how I was doing. And when she told one of my yoga teachers from my training about this, the sensation I was having, she recommended I try a Reiki. A Reiki practitioner was coming up to the studio near, near my parents' house. Um, so we thought, you know, might as well give it a try. Because again, it wasn't pain, but it was just this sensation, this heavy, this heaviness. And um, I knew I knew it was real because I had only told her about my brain. And as I started, as we started the session, she actually said, "You know what? Actually, I'm being called to your to your knee." I felt a lot of energy there. And what I hadn't told her was that I had injured my knee dancing in college. Um, and I was having a flare up. And so this had probably been about three, four years prior. So I was a little shocked because I was wondering, well, how did she know I didn't tell her about this? And then as she continued to work on me, work on my body, she made her way up towards my head. She kept her hand over, not touching me, but over my head for about five minutes or so. And as she removed her hands from my head, all of the heaviness, all of that just weight over me literally just disappeared almost like a cloud. Um, so it was a very, it was a very kind of profound and impactful and very strong experience in my first experience. So I was very, very intrigued. <laughs> my mother had an, ex uh, had her first Reiki session as well. And we both went through our Reiki level one and Reiki level two trainings together. Um, and last year I completed my, I completed my Reiki master training. Um, and, and I'm, I will say that, again, people have a variety of experiences. Some people don't feel anything at all in the moment. Other people, I've had patients who fell right asleep. Um, there are some people who feel energetic vibrations or energy, or they see colors, or they get visions or messages. Again, very particular to them and what they need. And some people have very strong experiences. Some people don't really have anything at all, or it's very subtle other times people just say, I feel very nice or I feel very relaxed. So there's a broad, a broad range of experiences. And I've gone from having that very strong one to having, it almost feels as if, okay, I didn't really get any, you know, quote unquote, get anything out of it. But I think what's beautiful about it is that it's always done with an intent of, of bringing the person the love and the light and the healing that they need, because we all need that at any point in our days and at any time in our life. It doesn't have to be something traumatic or something big. Um, which I think is such a great aspect of it. Um, it's always kind of for just the greatest good of, of that person, of that recipient. Um, and I think that's part of why I'm so drawn to the practice is that everybody can benefit. Yeah, Reiki is powerful. I um, Strangely enough, I think I had my first Reiki experience at a library, like at a public library. They were doing a Reiki share. And oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was in Virginia years ago, like 2010, I don't know, like a long time ago. And I remember seeing it somewhere and going, I just showed up and I don't know, there were a good amount of people there, like maybe 10 or more people. And they had us in a circle and they kind of explained, I don't think I knew anything. And this was before like YouTube was popping and you could go to YouTube for anything and learn <laughs> before you showed up places. And so I didn't really know what I was sort of walking into. And when I walked into the library and we went through the, the class and it was, it was really powerful because I know for me personally, I'm, you know, a very 
empathic person and I do feel a lot and the sensitivities there um, I've noticed and then obviously doing yoga has made me a little bit more privy to my body and how I experience the world um, but it was crazy I remember laying there and like you got to work on somebody else and then they worked on you and you could feel things and it was it's so cool to to experience that so if you guys are curious um anybody listening definitely look it up online you know see what information sort of maybe interests you or you might be able to use i really like catherine how you brought up the fact that most of us can use it you know at any point of the day or like we can all benefit from reiki whether we are you know dealing with something or we are experiencing something in the, in the present maybe it's something physical maybe it's not maybe it's emotional i didn't know that reiki was such a a tool that was used for so many things that broad like you mentioned um depression and anxiety i did not know that you could use reiki for that so that was interesting and now i'm even more intrigued um into what reiki can do so you're pretty certified in a bunch of stuff you're a reiki master you're a yoga teacher or you, you you've been through that training um anything else you've you've done <laughs> um um i'm trying to think so i i mentioned at the beginning so I, my master's is in nutrition oh, that's right. um and I am a, a, a health and wellness coach. And then also um, the Divine Sleep Yoga Nidra guide, which um, I know was very interesting to you. So I'm happy to talk about that now if you want. <laughs> yeah, let's, that's the perfect transition. Thank you. Um, also, by the way, I am going gonna, gonna to put this in here for everybody listening. So I have been wanting to do a yoga certification training for like a million years and I haven't done it. And when my biggest excuse over the years was I travel too much and I'm not in one place. And even though that is a fact, it is also an excuse because I was not in one place. Most yoga teacher trainings, you either go to the facility um, like once per week on the weekends for a few hours. Um, I've seen them break it up in many different ways, but regardless, you have to go to the same place multiple times over a long typically a longer period of time to get your full hours, right? Because there's the 200 hours and then there's the 300 hours and the 500 hours and you've got to get your full hours. So this is the one of the, I think you're probably like the fourth or fifth person on the show who's been certified in yoga, like done a yoga teacher training. And I really want to do it. So now it's like, this is a confirmation that I need to get my stuff together and like go do a yoga certification training because I have so many people around me who have done it and who love it. So I think we have to pay attention to these little like these little clues. I think we are left to clues and this is like, okay, clearly somebody's trying to tell me something. And it's also something I've really wanted to do. So um, one thing I will also do, Catherine, is ask you your opinion and feedback on different types of yoga teacher trainings and stuff like that later. I don't think everybody listening is probably interested in getting that done. But again, if you are and you're listening, definitely drop me a note and I will either connect you with Catherine or I will give you the information that I was given, et cetera, et cetera, because I am going through the process of trying to figure out what yoga teacher training I want to do, where I want to do it, um, what kind of yoga I want to learn, you know, and focus my, my practice on. So these are things that we'll definitely talk about offline. But um, for those of you listening, I think this is an important thing to sort of caveat here because when you're surrounded by people who are doing something that you want to do, I think it behooves you to take advantage of that and just say, Hey, what is your opinion? What do you recommend? Like, how do you feel about, like, these are the questions that you can ask someone who's already been there and done that. And that could be the same for the Reiki master training, right? If anybody's interested in that, um, obviously you could reach out to Catherine and ask her about the Reiki master training. Um, even if you just want to do it, right? She is now a part of your network as well. Um, the health and nutrition and the health coaching, you know, maybe you want to use food as medicine as well. So these are things that, you know, for this episode and for any episode you listen with me and any guests that I have on, you know, assume that the person who's on the show is also part of your network too, right? Even though you may not know them or you may not have messaged or 
talked to this person before, they have information. And typically, people are happy to, to share and to answer questions. So I just wanted to sort of put that out there. Um, Catherine, please remind me to talk to you about the yoga certification training later. <laughs> but yes, let's absolutely. Talk about <laughs> <laughs> I will forget, but I won't. I'll remember later. But I do want to talk about the yoga nidra because um, it's just so interesting to me. So yeah, tell us about that. Sure. Um, so I actually did, so I did this training after my initial yoga teacher training, which I did through the Kripalu Center. Um, and so again, we can talk about that later. Um, but this, so you, most people have heard of yoga nidra or it's yogic rest. Um, they, they believe that about 20 minutes of a yoga nidra session equates to like three hours of sleep. Um, and kind of where it takes your body because it'll take your body to the theta state, which most people don't even get in their regular um, sleep during the evening. Um, this one is called Divine Sleep Yoga Nidra because the instructor added a different component uh, to it that's kind of proprietary for, for this training. But essentially it is this form of meditation and transformation um, it's really based on a lot of the yogic text and yogic traditions, philosophy, and psychology. But it's really kind of helps you to, it's a relaxation process that takes you through what they call the five, the koshas, or kind of the five bodies that we all have. So there's the, the physical, the energetic, the emotional, the mental, and just that spiritual, that intuitive um, part of you. Um, and so you kind of get to explore and kind of break through each of those. So when I call myself a guide, it's because I am just that, that. just as in yoga, you know, your, your instructor, we tend to call them an instructor or a teacher, but you are really your own teacher. You know, your body better than anybody else. Really, we serve as a guide to the participants in the class, whether it's you know, a private session or a larger group guiding you on this journey. And so especially in Yoga Nidra, it is this journey where we go through those different um, layers of the body, um, kind of entering into this space in your body, setting your intention for the session. Um, this one, again, we focus on those different koshas. So going through kind of the body getting in tune with that and then the breath and the energetic awareness, noticing your senses, going on the kind of visualization journey, um, really kind of getting to your, your spiritual self, your soul, um, whatever you may call it, and then very slowly guiding you back. Um, and even in this process, I was first introduced to it in my yoga teacher training. Um, and it also can be very powerful. Again, I've had I've gone through it where I've, I'm literally just laying there and listening and I'm very well aware. I've also fallen right asleep and I don't remember what happened at all. <laughs> and then there is kind of the sweet spot where you are essentially awake and you're conscious and unconscious at the same time. So I felt myself asleep, but I was very well aware of what was being said, but I like could not move. It was a, a very, uh, at first scary. And then when I recognized what was happening, just a very beautiful, beautiful space to be in where your body is at rest, but you're also aware of what else is going on around you. And I realize that that can sound a little, little strange as I describe it, <laughs> um, but when you come out of it and are just feel so refreshed. Um, and I, again, in this lifestyle that we have in the West where it's all about go, 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 and we have to do every little thing. We have to make the most of our time. You know, um, they talk about, you know, we all have the same 24 hours as Beyonce, which is true, but we really can't do anything if we're not getting proper and adequate rest. Um, and so sometimes I've done this practice to myself after maybe a long day at work where I still needed to finish up some other stuff in the evening. Um, you could almost equate it to a nap, but it, it takes you to a different place. So there's also kind of time and space for some really deep reflection, um, transformative reflection that I think um, can be really beneficial um, 
and is just a different form of meditation than a lot of us may be used to. Wow. I'm so glad you explained that. I have heard of yoga nidra in the past, um, but I didn't know much about it. So that really explains it, I think, in a good way for us to get a sense of really what it is. I think at this point, we would all have to experience it probably to to really understand it from that point of view, um, which is kind of exciting. So tell me about the guide that you have on your on your IG page. Oh, so that, um, so that, so that was more of saying that I was, that I am a guide. Um, but I do actually have, I do have some and I am uh, in the process of finishing, finalizing up my website. Um, and we'll be putting some of those out there. So soon to come on those. Um, and this is actually a really helpful reminder to myself for that. Um, but just some, you know, but just some, some resources for people because, uh, you know, not, sometimes it's not always as convenient to actually go to a class. Um, so ones where, you know, you can kind of sit at home, maybe in the comfort of your own room and still experience the benefits of, of this beautiful meditative practice. Um, so that is something that I am working on. Awesome. Yeah, I read it as like a download, but now I see what you're saying. You're definitely meaning like you can guide someone through that. So that makes more sense now. Um, So yeah, so definitely keep us posted. Um, What I'll do is we'll put um, whatever sort of you want. We can put your IG handle for sure in the show notes. And then if you have, um, when the website is ready and you post that, I'll, I'll, I'll send out some info and I'll put it on my IG stories over at Network and Spill on Instagram. And that way people can check it out and get more information. Um, this is super interesting. I will say that, you know, one thing I haven't talked about on the show that I will soon is, you know, the power of stress and how it really affects us. And it ends up turning into all of these so many different things, whether it's, you know, from work or whether it's family related or relationship wise or money or the state of the government. I mean, I feel the energy being in DC right now and it is so bizarre. I don't even know if I have the right words for that. Um, So would you call yourself an empath? Um, Yes. Yes. And it took me a while to kind of feel comfortable or to really, to, to see like, oh yeah, that, that is me. That makes sense. Why I react certain ways, (laughs) Uh, especially around people and especially large groups of people. Yeah. I find, you know, being an empath super interesting now that I've sort of um, learned about it. I knew I was an empath when I was a little kid, but learning about it as an adult is interesting. And also learning how things affect you is interesting too. And what I love most about it is that when you hear other people saying something and it totally validates a thought that you had or a feeling that you 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 had at some point or an emotion you experienced at one point. So, um, you know, being in the DC metropolitan area, the energy has been super weird over the last couple of months because of the shutdown, um, because of the state of the government and the drama. I think, you know, we're recording this on the day that Donald Trump decided to call a national emergency um, over the entire. So it's, it's one of those things where you're, you're, we're all constantly dealing with stress. And I'm not saying that the government shutdown only affected the DC area, but there is something to be said about this area because I flew to San Diego for my birthday in January and somebody brought up the shutdown, like at this big jazz event and the host, he said, Hey, you know, who's here that's, you know, being affected by the shutdown and like nobody raised their hand. And I'm like, okay. You know, it was very interesting how people weren't quote unquote affected. And maybe, you know, obviously he probably meant like financially or your job, et cetera. But I think there are a lot of things in our lives that affect us um, emotionally that we have to deal with. And for those of us who are empaths and those who are not, we must have some sort of stress management tool in our lives, whether it is um, some sort of yoga or meditation practice. Maybe it is something else. Maybe you journal. You just write your butt off every day. You just journal, journal, journal. You have, everything is written down. Um, that is a very powerful and underrated tool <laughs> by far. It's 
blows my mind how people don't like understand the power of writing stuff down. Um, and then, you know, all the other things, right? Just regular going to the gym, working out. Some people love to run. Um, some people love to chit chat and have, you know, girls night. Some people love to drink, figuring all of that out. So I think um, stress is a really big thing that I, I definitely want to talk more about on the show because I don't think enough people are talking about it. We typically talk about it when we're talking about like, you know, I think it was, was it heart, heart association month? Wasn't that last month? I think. Um, it's so, um, heart health month is this month actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Where red day was February 1st. Okay. Um, in recognition of uh, cardiovascular disease and heart disease. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's this month. So we still have some time to recognize <laughs> we <do>. that. <laughs> we do. But I mean, like, and maybe that's what it is, right? I feel like right now we're not only just dealing with, you know, the government shutdown and all of that, but we're dealing with all of the awareness that people are bringing to heart health. And I think, um, Oh, I can't remember her name right now. Um, the the lady from that show, the lady from that show. Don't you know what I'm talking about? Um, just <laughs> famous, a famous lady from my mom's like favorite um, story. They're called stories, right? The telenovelas that come on the TV every day. Oh, the soap opera. Yes, soap opera. Um, Erica Kane. Erica Kane. I don't know what her real oh. name is. Oh. Um. And it is Susan. It is Susan, right? It's not Susan yeah. Sarandon. No, it's the other Susan. But I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Mama's going to be so disappointed because she's she and it's called. There we go. I got it. It's called All My Children. So yeah. my mother, yes, she watched All My Children for like my entire life, and um, she doesn't watch as much now. But she used to watch it religiously. And Erica Kane, um, we'll just call her Miss Susan for now. She was recently on TV talking about you know her experience with just you know living her life being a normal person going, I think she was on set for something and she started to feel weird. And typically mm -hmm. she would have gone home and laid down and just called it a, a day. But in this instance, she couldn't. And somebody said, Hey, you know, you should probably look into it. She had a tingling sensation in the whole nine. And she ended up going and actually getting checked out because someone kind of pressured her to do so. And she's in very good health. She's not overweight, obviously. Um, and she went in and her arteries were like 92 of her major um, arteries were like 90% blocked or one of them was 90%. The other one was something else, but she was really at oh risk. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. She was really at risk. And it's like, so obviously a lot of it is, is hereditary and some of it is lifestyle and diet. But you know, when you look at stuff like that, it, it's like, wow, you know, this could happen. And, and, and even today I was watching the news and there was some athlete who I'm not sure if he was famous or not. I'm assuming he was, but he was in the gym and he had had a heart attack and he had a super healthy lifestyle. And it was what he said, it was this, it was a super healthy lifestyle that ended up saving him in the end because he ended up mm -hmm. having more going on behind just that issue. And so there's this whole conversation around health and wellness that I'm sure you see quite a bit, but we just don't talk enough about stress and how it affects us. And right now is kind of a good time because we are spotlighting um, heart health, but I really want everyone to seriously consider ways in which you can start doing more to manage and to monitor your your stress and your and, and whatever's going on in your everyday life that even you know even if you're not an empath and you don't necessarily feel it on a deep level, you know it's affecting you because you're thinking about it or you're stressing about it or you're you know constantly talking about it or complaining about it when you go to the bar or you call your girlfriends you know look for those things that sort of I don't know, set off a little alarm or red flag and, and, and investigate those and take the time to do that. So I love that I have so many healers on the show. You have so many people that you can reach out to um, <laughs> for help through this, but I would love for you to give us some tips around um, maybe you talk a lot about health and nutrition, I'm sure every day, but what do you recommend for you know, stress management? And during this time of year, we are in winter months and everyone was kind of getting sick. And, and what do you recommend to keep us as stress-free as possible? Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love that you put in a plug for that because I think we're also also used to saying, oh yeah, I'm, I'm stressed. Everybody's stressed, right? But it's also what it does in your body. And I think um, you know, they always kind of talk about our, our ancestors, right? They, when they had stress, it was usually something like very major, but we are constantly bombarded nowadays from you get a phone call at work and then you get five emails that you have to respond to. And then you have a couple of meetings coming up that day and you have to finish a report. 
and you have to, you know, take an outside call. Oh, and then you have the rest of your regular life to handle, you know, whether you are single or coupled, you have children or not, maybe you're taking care of another family member. Oh, and you have to maybe um, go meet up with friends after work and maybe cook your dinner and uh, work on your side hustle if you have one. Uh, you know, there's all these things. Uh, oh, and maybe especially if you're in like the DC area or major city, you have traffic to deal with or your commute home. All of those little things, all those little kind of pings also trigger that stress response in our body. And it, it just adds on to the, the stress that we face in our lifestyle. Um, and so I, I completely agree that finding something that works for you to help relieve that or maybe even recognizing how your body reacts when, when just that lifestyle stress maybe becomes too, too much. Um, I would say some, some things to always try to focus on. Um, one, I always like to put in a plug, like drinking enough water, staying hydrated. Um, you know, your body, your body thrives on water. Um, typically they say finding, uh, it's not just actually eight glasses. That used to kind of be the old approach. And that was typically based on if you had a lot of meat in your diet, but now taking your weight, dividing it by two, and consuming that amount in ounces. Try to aim for that or maybe work your way up towards that every day, uh, typically at maybe room temperature or a warmer temperature of water. But having that, um, because that also brings a lot of oxygen into your body, um, keeps you hydrated, can keep you looking younger. Um, it also can help uh, to prevent maybe uh, stress eating if that is something that you do. Um, we tend to make better choices, I think, with food um, if we are well hydrated. Um, rest is also an, another thing. Typically, they say for adults between seven to nine hours, but finding that sweet spot for yourself where you're still productive, you can still get everything done, but you're still getting adequate rest in order to function because then that also does affect your food choices. Um, and again, your body needs to recharge just as you would charge your, your computer, you would charge your laptop, um, you know, we give everything else time to time to rest, time to unplug. We have to do the same. And so especially making sure that you're having that consistent sleep cycle. Um, you know, ideally, if you could go to sleep and wake up at the same time every day, including your weekends, I know that's not always possible because some days we want to stay out later than others. Or maybe we have to wake up. We'd rather sleep in on weekends, but trying to make it as regular as possible because then your body also gets on that routine as well. Um, I, I mean, also just making sure that you're having, I don't want to necessarily advocate that you have to have a vegetarian diet, but having just real whole foods. I think a lot of people now are stressing that more than anything. And it's, it's a lot easier for people to grasp than say a more trendy diet that may be out there because we do have a lot that are out there, but just having real whole foods. Um, so, you know, whether you... Uh, you know, a great uh, kind of money saver could be maybe buying your veggies if, if they're frozen and you can stock up on them. They don't go bad. Your produce won't go bad. But using either fresh whole veggies or some frozen ones when you cook, um, you know, having some fresh fruit that can also provide a lot of energy to your body. But just trying to have things, uh, purchasing things in a, in a form that is not as processed because that's what your body knows how to digest and use. Um, I would also advocate for some form of movement, whether it's running or yoga or dance or maybe lifting weights, getting a really good boot camp or Zumba class, Pilates, whatever it may be, even walking. Walking can just be so relaxing and grounding for you. Maybe doing your workout with a loved one, with a friend, Maybe it's your accountability buddy. Um, if you can maybe even get down by the water or when it gets, well, it's a little cold, but when it gets nicer out, you know, maybe out in nature by some flowers or trees. Anything just to get yourself moving, getting some fresh air, getting everything circulating um, is really helpful. And especially in the wintertime when a lot of people may be dealing with, again, and that added stress, anxiety, even seasonal affective disorder. Um, Movement can really help with that as well. And I would also say, 
that above all of those things, having a sense of community, spending time with loved ones, whether they are family, friends, your, your partner, um, your spouse, whoever it may be, even, even animals, um, they have so much love. Um, but having that sense of community, a lot of research has shown, and I was just talking um, with a friend about this, that that more than anything really does influence your level of health. You know, you, you can eat everything right, drink all the right things, get all the right sleep. But if you, if you don't have that sense of community and having those people who you know are really there for you, who you can rely on and go through the ups and downs of life with, you know, who really help to bring you joy and push you to be the, the best version of yourself. Um, you know, those are the, the also a really important aspect that I think, you know, has started to kind of become a little lacking with the rise in technology. Um, but I think a lot of people know that may, whether or not they recognize it, that they are craving um, is that, that sense of community. So those, those are the things that I would recommend. Awesome. Thank you. I think that was a really full and um, expansive sort of list of, of people and you gave options um, of things people can do. So thank you for that. Um, I agree, especially with that last part there about, um, you know, the power of connection. They've done studies. I don't know if the book was The Blue Zone. I can't remember what book it was that I read. Yep. Yeah, it was yeah. the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That book is so cool. I read that many, many years ago. Um, but the blue zone, just FYI, and I'll put the link in the, in the show notes if you want to check it out. Cause it's super, super interesting. Um, it's, it basically talks about like how they, they did a study on the people who live the longest all over the world and they did research and they asked all these questions and they, they found all this data about why and how they're able to live so long. And they were able to break it down into a couple different areas of, as to why they're able to live longer and, and sort of thrive. Because a lot of times I think these blue zones don't have a ton of like you know, instances of, of what cancer and disease and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're just, yes. And, and sorry, you know, some, some of them as well are, they're not as focused on money. Like we are here. Mm. Um, but they're, they're happier and healthier than I think a lot of what we find here in the state. So that it's also something to think about because they really focus, I think on purpose, right? What's their purpose. Mm. And it's a, a deeper sense of what that might be. It is. And then, you know, the, the fact that they live with the, you know, the elders live with the, the younger folks. And so you've got little mm -hmm. kids, you know, living with the grandparents and the power. I just read an article the other day about how, you know, the more time you spend around your mom, the longer she lives. Well, there's a reason why, you mm -hmm. know, and all of that is, is part of, I think the journey and figuring out how close we can get to whatever happiness is for us. Um, but, you know, they've done studies on senses of community, having that sense of community. And a lot of people, for them, it's religion. Um, they talked about that. And so going to church mm -hmm. every Sunday, it's consistent. Um, you're there with people who care and are trying to be better people and kinder, et cetera, et cetera. You've got sort of that consistency of being surrounded by, by different people, by other people. And, you know, that could be anything. You know, my mom is in a crochet guild. She loves to crochet. She's super crafty and very creative. And so she has this community and she's very active in this community and she shows up and they show up and they support each other. And it, literally the community could be anything. And that's why I love this show so much is I'm trying to showcase really how you can build a community of your own, even if you don't have one right now, or even if your community, let's say has changed, you went from being single to in a relationship or vice versa, or you went from, you know, having a bunch of kids in your house to being an empty nester. I just spoke with a woman um, yesterday who's going through that. And she's like, I don't know what to do. And it was great <laughs> talking with her and, and you know, coaching her. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I'm not where you are in life, but let me tell you here's some, and I was able to coach her. It was so much fun. Um, but having that sense of community, she is surrounded by people who care, even though her children are not you know, in her face as much. They're at college now. Um, she has this new life to explore. So I really, really hope that this show sort of shows people how to connect and really how to build and how to ask those questions and how to, you know, 
open your your space, open your mind, open dialogue with other people and get to know what their story is like, because you never know when you're going to need something or someone or advice or a shoulder to lean on or someone to hand you a tissue because you can't stop crying or, you know, these are, um, those are the times when you, you really want someone. And so when it's not those times, that's when you can work to build, right? It's just like working out, you know, you want to have, that's one thing that I love about yoga is that yoga helps you to, they recommend it for older folks because it helps them sustain injuries better. Um, if they were to fall, right, and hurt their hip or whatever, um, they're better off having done yoga at some point or previously because it helps with their their muscles and their rebound, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I really think that, you know, I wanted to drive that home, that having a community is definitely possible for each of us, even if we're into really obscure things. I know there's a lot of people out there who love, you know, Comic-Con. I was in San Diego, and so that was a big thing. And, you know, people, one of my friends I just talked to, he's going, I think, snowboarding, and he's super into snowboarding. And I'm like, I don't get it, but he loves it. And so figuring out what your thing is, um, I think, is is crucial. And we're at the beginning of the year. So you've got plenty of time to explore. Um, and I did want to shift the conversation as we kind of close out um, to just a couple of things that really inspire you. I know you do a lot, but what, what do you like to do like on your time off? Um, some of the things that inspire you. Um, hmm, I love this question. Um, so I think I will, hopefully this isn't like a a corny response, but my, I think my parents have always been an inspiration because they've always, whether they explicitly said it or not, have always been about service. Um, And so ever since my my brothers, my older brothers and I were younger, we were always trying to, they always encouraged us to help other people, whether it was our elderly neighbors or, um, you know, doing projects around the neighborhood or visiting a nursing home. And I think even though it is my downtime, it's moments like that that make me really feel alive and like, okay, I know I'm doing the right thing, right? I'm on the right path. And um, so part of my work at the hospital, it's the hospital where I had my, my brain surgery at, I really particularly love that work because it's not just about doing the Reiki, but it's also about just being a kind of neutral party for a patient who may, um, you know, maybe just need someone to talk to because sometimes when you just have nurses coming in and out, um, sometimes you just want to talk to someone and have them ask, you know, how are you doing? Right. Like, how's your day been? Um, So they've always been just an inspiration and, that there are really so many different ways you can help people. It doesn't always have to be some traditional form, but we can always, always help somebody else. Um, even if it is just saying good morning or how are you or giving a smile, you know, that is something that you, you can pass, you know, you, you can do that and then maybe that can affect them and it might kind of shift how their day goes for the better. And then the next person that they interact with. Right? Like we all have the capacity to help make our sphere of this world a better place um, and doing it through a lens of service uh, to me is most gratifying. Um, other things that inspire me, um, I think just being around people who really kind of allow you to light up um, you know, for me, it's especially people, I guess, where I can just really laugh and smile and be open and honest, um, and vulnerable, but still, you know, I feel that joy within me. So I love really surrounding myself with people like that. Um, and a lot of them, my, my brothers and their wives, unfortunately, are no longer in the area. And a lot of some of my friends, my dear friends from college are, but just really making the most of my time with people um, uh, is, is very important. And then, hmm, I'm trying to think. I know there's another thing. I will say also in my downtime, whenever I do have it, um, sometimes just being out in nature, just kind of walking around, exploring. Um, I really do love being down by the water. Uh, so 
it's not as easy to get to a beach from the DC, from DC, but <laughs> um, sometimes just walking along the water for me, it, it really feels just like a weight has been lifted off of me. Um, you know, hearing, just hearing the water is very refreshing and relaxing. And people have talked about the health benefits of that as well. Um, and then I would say, I'll just throw this out there. Maybe there's somebody here who enjoys the, this as well, but I am known for, I love The Office and British Murder Mysteries. So if I'm cooped up in my room sometimes and really just need to de-stress, I will turn that on on Netflix and it takes me to my happy place as well. <laughs> um, and then uh, on a more serious note, um, also I'd say my faith is also very, very much an important part um, of me and who I am. And that also really pushes me to, to be better. So spending time in prayer and reflecting um, and reading um, really helps me, really helps to ground me. And sometimes just the way life works, it becomes harder. But for me, really pushing through and spending time, sometimes in prayer, I'm much more talkative um, to God. And other times I, I find that, okay, maybe this is just more my time to listen. But I always really try to... Um, especially a site of prayer where, you know, just that for me that God is working through me and that I'm able to share that with those I encounter. And I think sometimes, some days I'm better with it than others, but that's why it's, it's a journey of life. And, um, you know, we always have room to improve and be better. This is true. This is true. Well, thank you for sharing that. I am, yeah. I, I love... <laughs> I love the the part that you you talked about, you know, being around people that inspire you. I think that's really important. And I think it's it's also not talked about a lot, you know, how people make you feel and how you feel when you're around people. I mean, again, I get it. I'm an empath. Like I feel a lot of stuff, but at the same time, it's like, we still need to be around people. Even if we're not feeling it, we're still hearing it. So you're, you're going to be around people who are going to say things to you and how you feel based on what they say is, is, is a good indicator, right? It's a strong indicator of whether or not this is a positive relationship for you or maybe not so much. And um, I will say I, I love connecting with people who do inspire me too, who inspire me to be better, who inspire me to do more, who inspire me to put myself out there and keep trying, keep going. Like the inspiration I think is one of my favorite parts about being a human at this point because inspiration can be found in some of the most obscure places but when it is found it's like mm -hmm. oh yes. right? <laughs> yeah it's amazing um and I will say too for me it's um people who listen um I found that that's been a big deal mm -hmm. I come from a family with three younger sisters and so there were and we were pretty close and I at one point I started speaking so fast it was like I was going, everybody was like, you talk so fast, you talk so fast. And that was just because when you're in a family like that, you know, you are struggling for, for that, that time to talk when it's your turn. And mm -hmm. you start to speak faster because everyone's waiting to get their turn. And, you know, that became a thing for me. And so as an adult, I've noticed the people who really do actually listen um, are the ones that I, I treasure um, sometimes the most. So um, definitely interesting mm -hmm. perspective. I, I appreciate all the things that you mentioned here. And as you mentioned them, I think it, it sparks interest in other people, right? The whole helping other folks out, you know, again, we talk about it, but we typically talk about it when during the holidays or, you know, when we're giving back or the, that whole notion of, um, right. What is that? That um, when you do something good for someone randomly, the, like paying it forward paying it forward paying yes. it forward, paying it forward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know that's become kind of a fad and I love that um it's become like a fad but I I want to see you know way more of that so we'll we'll definitely have to talk at some point later on on maybe some different topics I can have you come back and we can do a spill episode and you can be the expert in maybe a yoga nidra or something like that that'd be really cool um so Absolutely. yeah yeah. Is there anything else? Did you want to tell people where they can find you or what to expect on your new website? Sure. Um, so I know you'll, I know you'll, you said you'd include my Instagram, but um, that's probably the easiest place to find me. Um, and it, it's just my name, Catherine A. Miller, and that's Catherine with a C. Um, <clears throat> but my website, it'll have 
I think just more information about the work I do. So I do do nutritional coaching and health and wellness coaching. Um, the difference between the two, you know, being more, much more focused on nutrition and your diet and the other maybe around a health or wellness lifestyle and goal, um, as well as uh, yoga resources and teaching um, and, and Reiki um, and the Divine Sleep Yoga Nidra um, as well. So it'll have all of that. Um, so, you know, specifically if you're in the DMB area, but a lot of the stuff can also be done at distance as well. So even if you're West Coast, um, there's still ways, ways we can work together or even just if you have questions and want to learn more. Um, I always, always love to share information about this, especially so people can, it can help people figure out maybe which is the best resource or, or thing for them to use at a particular time. Um, since it's not like one thing is going to fix it all or, or help, help every single person maybe in what they feel that they need. Um, but yeah, so that'll be, that'll be soon, soon to come. Awesome. Okay, guys. Yeah, I will absolutely put that in the show notes. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited. So thank you so much for being on the show. I know this is, um, as I said, before we, before we hit record, you know, this can be a daunting sort of random feeling kind of conversation, but <laughs> I think there was so much value um, from this, you know, conversation that even, you know, I got from listening and I think people will find it helpful and hopefully we'll see some people making some moves to either be stress-free to, you know, surround themselves in, in ways that inspire them or around people that inspire them and, um, you know, take care of themselves, drink more water. I'm going to drink more water this weekend. Um, that's actually been one of my <laughs> hardest things to do. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely have you back on the show one day and, and talk about more, um, health and wellness related things. I definitely want to talk more about nutrition at some point too, maybe when the seasons change and we've got different um, yeah. fruits and vegetables out there. Um, that would be really fun to do too. So thank you guys for tuning in. Please be sure to follow um, Catherine on social media. I will link her bio. If you're opening the app for Instagram right now, she's Catherine with a C A Miller. You can follow the show Network and Spill, and you can follow myself, Whitney Danielle Coaching, all on the gram. Um, go to the show notes if you want to check out the book, The Blue Zones. It's a fantastic read. Um, I, I think the book is at this point pretty old, but it's still super interesting. And there may be other books related mm -hmm. that trigger your um, your interest. And if you're in the DC area, definitely shoot us a note too so we can connect. Um, I started a meetup group recently called Network and Spill on meetup.com. So I'd love to have you on. Maybe one day we'll do a meetup group and we'll have Catherine come out and do a workshop on nutrition. Like there's so many opportunities here. So yeah. I really, right? That's so cool. So thank you again, Catherine, for sharing your story um, and for being so open and, and honest with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. No, thank you so much. This is wonderful. Awesome. A wonderful thing to do. And um, I really love your, your concept of this all. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Next week, catch Network and Spill with your host, Whitney Danielle. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and to share with your friends. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye.